He likes to tell you if anyone will listen about his seven caps, his chocolate knees, his distinct lack of pace. Now it's a long shot. Back to the Longman's Football World podcast. First episode of 2019. Happy New Year to everybody. Hope you've all had a good and brilliant holidays. And we're kicking off with a former teammate of mine, Mr. James Collins. Not big, Ginge. So hopefully, if you've tuned in expecting to hear from the big Welsh centre half, you're not too disappointed. You're listening anyway. Um, James and myself, we played together at Hibs up in Scotland and we shared, should we call it, a traumatic season where we end up getting relegated team not good enough um, club just in a bad bad place at that period so we get into all of that some happier moments Christmas parties some interesting turn of events during those Christmas parties of course we get into all of that um, his time at Luton now playing so well under Nathan Jones and a up and coming Welsh manager who is who is going places and going places with Luton at the at this period in time anyway um, and also some darker moments, an isolated incident at Cheltenham Races where um, James made front, front page headline news in the tabloid newspapers uh, for an incident with on a balcony with a pint of his own urine. So we get his side of the story, not the newspaper side, and it's very different. So um, hopefully, you know, just an opportunity for him to get his side of things out there. James a big fan of the podcast, loves it, always messages me, so it was brilliant to get him on there. Uh, hopefully the sound quality isn't too badly affected. We had a beautiful little spot recording in the Belfry Hotel, and things just got a little bit leery at times. There was a Christmas party going on, and people were passing when we didn't think that that would happen. So hopefully you guys still enjoy this first episode of 2019 with James Collins. Oh, Mr. James Collins, how are you, mate? Uh, yeah, very well, mate. Honoured to be on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Big fan, massive fan of the podcast. Uh, it gets me uh, through many long journeys, mate, down to Luton. Because uh, you're Birmingham, Birmingham lad. Yeah. Coventry, mate. Co- oh, all right, mate. All right, lad. <laughs> same thing, isn't it? Nah, no chance. <laughs> Coventry lad, playing for Luton at the moment, and then you travel every day. Yeah, so I had um, I had a couple of lads travelling with me last year. But they've they've moved off now. 
uh, to different clubs. So uh, trying on my own, Gaffer gives me a bit of stick about it, but yeah, he looked after me as well with a few days off and etc. But I stay down on a Friday to make sure I'm, I'm ready for a Saturday because you can catch up with you during the week. Yeah, it can, mate. It certainly wouldn't be for me with this long frame. <laughs> Travelling too much, that would be a big no. So they ain't got the roof rack, have you? You guys got the roof rack? No. no. The, Volvo, the Volvo passed away. Yeah. Um, oh, I like that. Place. Served me really well. Yeah, enjoyed that. But unfortunately, let's put it down, mate. Wow. Let's put it down. Sad day. The engine blew up, mate. Yeah. You know, just to explain to people, we're in the Belfry. Beautiful, yeah. quiet spot, but your there's a lot going on, isn't it? Yeah, your mind's I think we've picked the... Oh. Yeah, I think we picked the busiest evening in history. I walked in, there's a seminar going on in the bar, and then I found it down here, but no, we were all right, mate. How's, how's life, my friend? Yeah, life's good, As mate. a footballer, since I last saw you, we played with each other at Hibs. How many clubs have you had since then? Five. Yeah? Five, yeah, I think. You probably had about 20 before then, so... No, 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 only a couple before Hibs. Yeah? Hib yeah, yeah. Yeah, only, only a couple before Hibs, I was... Um, so I come through at Villa and then I went a couple of clubs on loan and then signed permanently for Shrewsbury. Uh, done okay, they got promoted to the one, then moved to Swindon. Done a year there with the, under Canio. Yeah. Uh, at an half decent season and that's when I got me a move north with the big man. Oh, and what a move it was. What yeah. a successful team we were part well, of, mate. To be honest, mate, it's, it is one of the regrets I have in my career because... Or going there or... You know, well, yeah, looking back at it going there now, because I had a chance to sign for Rotherham as well. And uh, and, I, and I sort of said no, because I, I thought that I was told a few other bits would pop up, but they never materialised. And then end up, Hibs was like my last chance, and I'd swindled and I sort of said, like, we're going to, we want to sell you, sort of thing. Yeah. And I really wanted to do well in Scotland, you know. Um, great group of lads, weren't it? Pat Fennan obviously brought me in. Yeah. Um, uh, what's the assistant that Northern Irish got? Jimmy Nick. Jimmy Nick, what a guy he was. What a character. What a character. Looked like, loved it. First four or five months. And well, I actually didn't think we were doing that bad. Yeah. Um, but I thought, I think, the, I think they got beat 5-1 in the cup the year before, didn't they? And the fans were... I'm not even sure if... No, it wasn't the year before. Was the They'd year been before? beaten 5-1 by Hearts in the cup final. The, the summer before we signed, or the end of the season, they'd lost to Celtic in the cup final. Oh, OK. Because I remember watching it on my stag do, knowing... <laughs> That if if these boys won, so, yeah, yeah, I'd signed the contract like a pre-contract with yeah. them. I knew that if they won, I was having like another two weeks of my summer holidays, and if they lost, we were getting into Europe sooner. So I remember watching that game in Prague, more or less hating my future teammates yeah, yeah. just for getting spanked yeah. by Celtic before I'd even met them. Pricks! Oh my god! That's selfish. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Like we weren't doing brilliant, but we weren't doing too bad. I think. I think initially. The pressure on Pat Fenlon, we were, we were, that squad was carrying the negativity from previous seasons yeah, a little bit, yeah. and then everything just snowballed. Snowballed, but I actually th I remember, I think we were still in the cup, both cups when he, he got sacked. I think we were fifth in the league, and then... We were top yeah. half, you're right. Yeah. Then Terry, um, Terry and uh, Mo come in, and then by Christmas, mate, we were just plummeting, weren't we? Just, yeah, well, <coughs> we, we were going downhill... Pat, Pat left after we lost to Hearts in the Cup. Yeah, that was so it. we'd just been knocked out. Stevenson scored, didn't he? The, the Rocket. Yeah. Yeah, Easter Road. And then that was like, 
obviously Pat had been under a little bit of pressure for a couple of years. No, this is not for me anymore. Because yeah. it's a he- it's a huge club, it's isn't a it? Massive. Club. No, I I, I love being a part of the club. It was just just a terrible season to be there. Do you know what I mean? I think um, any other season it would never go as bad as that. But everything about the club, like the training ground and Edinburgh as a whole, like the, the ground, it's like it's brilliant. But oh, it was warning signs as soon as I signed because I I flew up on Wednesday. Stayed Wednesday night, went to the training ground on Thursday morning to do my medical, etc. And on the Thursday night, you were playing in Europe against Malmo. Yeah. And I got to be 7 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you hadn't signed? No, or? I hadn't signed. Um, it sort of delayed for another day, so I didn't actually sign till the Friday. Yeah. So I was in the hotel in Edinburgh and just been beat 7 1. Yeah. I was thinking, oh no. Oh no. But still got sort of talked into it. Um, and, st- and I'd, I'd been around the ground, around the ground and that, so I sort of made me mind up. My missus was happy. We didn't have any kids then, so sh- she was happy to, to come with me and everything was fine. And We bought a house up there. I wanted to settle up there, mate. I, 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 liked, I liked Scotland a lot, and I'd recommend it to, to anyone who asks me now. Um, You're right about the warning signs yeah, for, yeah. from that game, because it doesn't matter what the difference is. You, know, you could pl- be playing for any team against a very good side, but if the balance is right in your team... You ha- you very rarely get beat seven. No, you... I remember speaking to Vi- like Rowan Vine after, and he was he was obviously not his man. He's like he's can moan about anything, but he was saying, "Oh, this is my sort of just like didn't listen to it." And then as you gradually go on the season, you think, "Yeah, maybe he could have could have been right." Yeah, I uh, I felt sorry for Pat and, and Jimmy because I, re- I, re- I really liked them. They they were good to me as well. And uh, just for whatever reason, just didn't work. Even that first leg against Malmo, we lost the first leg two 0 And obviously, I would have met Pat at the end of <clears throat> the, the previous season. Went down to the training ground, met him, uh, made my decision to sign. And you know, by then, obviously, my legs had gone. But I was thinking, one more move, I'm I'm buzzing here. I've got one more move. Uh, didn't quite realise my legs were as gone as they actually were. Yeah. Um, but then obviously Kevin Thompson re-signed as well. Yeah, yeah. Which and I don't think he was expecting that. So all of a sudden he's probably signed me thinking Tom was going to leave. Yeah. All of a sudden they stuck with both and we played Malmo away, and I was like, more or less a number ten. I was the closest one to the centre forward, and I'm thinking Pat, because obviously Tom were by then the side yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's playing deep, and, and deep. He was his main man, weren't he? And I'm thinking, yeah. Pat, you've got the wrong player for this bit. <laughs> I am not the man for this. <laughs> Ah, oh, you could be the tallest number ten in history. This number ten football. was not getting on the oh, half turn. <laughs> the lack of vision. Oh my uh, god! Nah. Unbelievable. But um, he he brought quite a lot of players in that summer, if I remember rightly. It was you, Leon Craig, Tom O'Re signed. Tom Tywo was there. Tom Tywo, myself. Uh, now coming a bit later, didn't he? Yeah. But yeah. he had like Louis and Paul still there. Yeah. Ben Williams was still there. Yeah. So you look at it now. Like the core isn't like Leon had a great um, couple of years with St Johnson. You had a good few years with Inverness. Um, Viney come in because he was at St Johnson. St Johnson, yeah. So like all players that had done well play, somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. It's it's a wild sport, isn't it? Yeah, it's mental. Collectively, it was all wrong. Maybe it just didn't. Yeah, it just didn't fit, mate. I don't know. Whatever, because on my first game, we played Newcastle at Easter Road. Do you remember? We yeah, were two yeah. 0 and I I only come on the second half. 
and uh, he battered them, mate. But it was only obviously under twenty three or whatever. Neil Craig was sticking uh, free kicks in the top corner, and mm. I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, we got we got a chance this year. Yeah. And we lost our first game on TV to Motherwell one nil. Don't know. If, did you did you play in that? Game? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, what I remember about that game is, and why I think the the fans. Generally, if you're a new signing, I think fans of a club will give you five or six games to yeah. bed in and see what you like. And this is why I think previous disappointments sort of caught up with with, with the team, with the club, yeah. really. I felt it in that very first game that I must have been, I must have played poorly anyway, but yeah. you just felt that negativity towards you in game one and you're thinking, well, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely felt I was only young as well at the time. I was only two. 21, 22 and not many people get bought for fees in Scotland unless you Celtic or Rangers do you? and off the back of the season before where Lee Griffiths I think he scored like 35 yeah, goals yeah. and he got like player of the year um, I think they were expecting like big big things and I don't know like maybe it all just got on top of me a little bit and because obviously if you go a few games without scoring they're like well just bought this guy for X amount of money why, why is he not scoring goals why do we keep Lee Griffiths you know but I think once he did start scoring um, they warmed me a little bit more, but it just because it weren't as regular as um, previous. And is is that something that plays on your mind as a player? You, you know, you're aware that club because often you hear players say, "Ah, oh, it doesn't it doesn't bother me one way or the other. It doesn't matter." But it does, doesn't it? It's something you it you does. know. Yeah. So if people say it don't, you don't think about it. They they're, they're lying. Especially as a striker, I've been through periods where I've been five, six, seven games without scoring. But then once you get the what the that goal and your confidence builds and you just you can't stop scoring then it, it's happened many a times but then I think if people say to you that they don't that don't happen to them I think it just captures you especially if if you care because every footballer cares and everyone every footballer wants to do well and I know myself I, I want to do well for for my team for my family every, everything and if I'm not scoring goals I'm not doing my job so um, it definitely definitely can capture. Do you not think it was like the p- that was like the perfect storm where the fans didn't like the players and then because of that the players well the majority of players didn't really warm to the, the fans of the club either because you felt that animosity towards you and it was a perfect storm of negativity that meant almost for the club to achieve what they did in the years after they needed that rock bottom to happen yeah it's just unfortunate that we were we were a part of the rock yeah. bottom I think yeah so in a way we're the best thing that happened to the club with me. You you're know? welcome, Hibbs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, Hibbs. That's why he's a flying. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, mate, because as soon as the, the crowd were on us, we were thinking, oh, these ain't going to support us, whether we're win, winning or losing. So fuck, I ain't running around for these lot. I think it's just like you need to do it for yourself, really, but then you become selfish and you do things that you don't usually do. And it's, yeah. it just, it's just a sp- downward spiral, isn't it, mate? It's just. Um, it was just one of those seasons where yeah. I think if it could have went wrong it, it went wrong I remember after that, that well it was Pat's last game because it must have been bad we were locked in the ground we were locked yeah, in Easter, yeah, yeah, Easter Road because the fans were in the car park wouldn't let us out police were saying you've, you've got to let these boys let off their steam didn't, didn't that happen at the last game of the season when we got relegated as well it did yeah but it's lucky I, I got away double quick yeah. um, you down the road was you uh, well, halfway to Bangor, so obviously it's no laughing matter, but we yeah. we got relegated on penalties, which is yeah. an absolute joke in the first place. That's unheard of. Devastating. Relegated on penalties. That was that's the worst rule in football, by the way. <laughs> and then, uh, but then because 
because of what had happened previously, we'd changed car parks, haven't we? Yeah, we were we then were parking the far, we were at the far end. At the far we? end. Yeah, so that trek over the crest. But the, the fans must have been lining lining up outside the main gates in the normal car park, yeah. not realising. And then by the time they'd realised, these fuckers are parking over there now, yeah, I was gone. And I remember a phone call off Big Nels saying, where are you? I said, oh, I'm by Carlisle. He was still in the he was still in the yeah, car. I was with Nels because we me, we got trapped in. Me, Nels, Tomo, and a few a few others, and we were sitting in the medical room. And you just hear like bricks getting thrown off the stands and that, and we're just um, Tam's in there, and you're not there. Tam and Joyce are going nuts, like obviously their hips through and through in there. And the, the mood was devastating, mate. And my missus had already gone home then. Yeah. Um, so I had nowhere to stay and Nels would give up his flat so me and Nels were no no sorry Ben Williams had missed gone over so me and Ben were staying with uh, Nels at the time because yeah. it adds an extra couple of weeks to the season doesn't it Yeah. and uh, I remember waiting to go to, to, to Nels' flat and it was just like the car journey we all come in with Nels and we, and then we stopped on Trinent High Street to get some uh, some food some fish and chips or whatever and we're walking in the shop and you could just you could just see daggers Eyeballs, hips, fans on you. Eyeballs, daggers, people muttering things under their breath. Um, and it was just like, heads down, like, just, just get home, don't be seen. And then the next day we had meetings with Terry Butcher, didn't we? Did you not? No. No, I think I was gone. I was gone, mate. He was your boy that money, so he wouldn't care about <laughs> Not a hips, he was. He was before that. Yeah. But now we're out. Do you know what? What I, a shame, though. Like, that's my, that was my only relegation in my career. Same, yeah. Same. And it, it's a huge shame because you go to that club and you're wanting to be part of, you know, what happened afterwards. Yeah. For one reason or another, we weren't, we just weren't good enough. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. it, it saddens you because you know, we knew what that club could become <coughs> because of the size, the fan base, and this and that expectation. It's, it, it's a shame, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It is such a shame because the club, like you say, for whatever the fans did when we were up there, they are, they have got a great fan base. And uh, when like the Edinburgh derbies and stuff like that is one of my favourite memories of of Hibs, the, the Edinburgh derby. Um, <coughs> I managed to, uh, to score in one, and that's up there with one of my favourite goals. Yeah, I've, I've ever scored like twenty thousand. So the two on win, the two on win, yeah. Um, that was actually when uh, take took over, wasn't it? But yeah, like it is a regret of mine not doing well up there. I still I still googled Sunshine on Leith. Yeah, so do I like, after the game. Well, not that one or the cup final ones, and I tell anybody, right? I was a Liverpool fan growing up. It's too a bit there, isn't it? I was a Liverpool fan growing up, so obviously, you'll never walk alone is known as the anthem. And I say to people, get Sunshine on Leith on YouTube. Yeah. What happened to the quiet spot, mate? I think there's a lift there, so I think the bad one. The girls are getting ready to go out. But Sunshine on Leith, that that to me is the the best one. When you have those Hibs fans with the scarves everywhere, it's it's an incredible, incredible sight. Well, after that game, I, I still Google <coughs> and YouTube that one after the game where yeah. we all walk around the pit shaking hands. <coughs> Excuse me. So we still um, walk around the pit shaking hands, oh, flags in the air, and it just oh, no. places it bouncing. And look at the far end, the hip, the Hearts fans were oh. gone, and oh, it's Let me pause this then. How very dare those party goes ruin the vibe of the podcast. Apologies for the sound quality. A few too many people ended up passing us. 
a little bit leery, looking forward to their parties. Um, so we had a little bit of a pause. And what better time to tell you about what is coming up on S4C this weekend. We've got the final round of fixtures in Phase 1 in the Welsh Premier League. Carnarvon Town making their way to Bala. And both teams have already cemented their place in the top six. The joke is well and truly on me. My prediction of Carnarvon Town to be relegated at the start of the season. That will not be happening. And good for them. Their performance levels have been of a high standard. And um, they'll be facing Bala. Not for the last time this season. Bala not quite go going as well as they would like. They'll be looking at Barry, Konoski, those teams. Challenging for the title. Thinking we should be there. But haven't quite had the consistency this season. So it'll be good to see the difference in standard between the sides. Can Canavan catch them? It's all having a little bit of a interesting play about now to see who will be finishing with home advantage for the European playoff places. Ooh, cannot wait. Ballatown against Canavan Town this Saturday night, 7.30 on S4C. Now back to the podcast and back to talking about that beautiful anthem Sunshine only. I will be with you. While the chief with sunshine only, I'll thank him for his work. Yeah, so Sunshine on Leith, it's got to be the anthem, it's just unfortunate that we weren't able to yeah. hear it often enough. But it, put, it does make the hairs and your neck stand up, doesn't it? Like it's, that is what a memory that was, that, that Edinburgh derby. And uh, I remember a, a taxi driver uh, said to me, oh, if, if you go out and leave tonight, you won't have to buy a drink all night. And um, I had my family up for that game as well and just, it was a midweek game it was a Wednesday I think yeah. so um, it didn't end up going out or whatever but um, yeah good memories I, I googled the one and uh, where they won the Scottish Cup it was quite old when Whitaker and Scott yeah. Brown and Tom Rowan that there and that, that's a good one when they sing that at Hamden amazing it's amazing mate that's what we could have had more often now if we weren't so useless I know fuck's sake never mind mate how's life now though yeah. Luton Nathan Jones the gaffer <laughs> Good, mate. It couldn't. It, it couldn't have gone any better. So no. since I've signed there, no. So um, off the back of a promotion last season, um, uh, the gaffer uh, brought me in um, with the, the views of going straight up and obviously preparing to challenge again this year. Um, we achieved that first season at Luton last year. Uh, Twenty goals, promotion. Didn't win the league though. That's another. It's another one that sort of hurts me. We were we were top of the league flying for four or five months and then uh, Aki just went on this run and uh, they beat us 2-1 at our place and then they didn't, didn't definitely lost yeah. after that. And we couldn't quite get the title, but yeah, it's just, it's just nitpicking, I think, mate. I think what's, what's he like as a, pod, as, a, as a gaffer? I've been trying to get him on the podcast a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get him. I will get him. I think you will get him, but like I said to you before, he's so like attention to detail so he will watch five or six games a week so he'll 
be at the training ground from what say eight till five, and then he'll go home and he will watch games, mate. Got to fit me in, uh, just for a little hour somewhere. I will tell him to fit you in. I, I have told him, I have told him that you uh, you're after him, and he, he said he will do it. But I'll put in a good word. Just nailing him down. Also, he knows because we, well, I, I went to Yeovil on loan, and he was there as like an assistant manager. So we never properly played with each other. Yeah. We weren't in the same team because he was part of the coaching staff as well. Yeah. And um, there's a lad, Sean McDonald, centre midfield player. The one that was at Bournemouth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Shawnee Mack was there, new Shawnee, growing up in uh, in Swansea. And Shawnee's like a real quiet, nice lad, yeah, too yeah. nice. And we travelled, I think it was to Brighton, and Shawnee wasn't well, but he's an important player. So yeah, the yeah. gaffer Skiv- uh, Terry Skiverton said, "I'll um, I'll give you a lift, Sean. So we'll let the boys go on the bus, and I'll give you a lift." By the time we arrive in Brighton in the hotel, we're eating our dinner. Next thing, I just hear Nathan Jones. He stands up and he goes, come on then, big man. I've heard you uh, like to do an impression of me. Sean, Sean McDonald, because he can't handle the silence in the car with the gaffer. So that's talking shit, doesn't he? And telling him, ah, oh, the big man does an impression of Jonesy. A real good one. So Nathan, all, in front of everyone, he's gone, come on then, big man, quite aggressively, like. Yeah, come yeah. on, big man, let's, oh, he's an angry let's fucking hear it then. Yeah, yeah. Let's fucking hear it. And I'm like crumbling on my seat thinking, oh my, I've never been redder in my life. <laughs> like, I'm saying to Shawnee, thanks a lot, mate. Yeah, my top God. Man, Shawnee, did, you, did you do the impression? No. Oh, shit yeah. it. Oh, mate, but so I, could see, I could see in that spell, he was, you know, an assistant manager, he put on sessions and that. I thought to myself, do you know what? He's going to be, whether it was a coach or manager, He's got something. He's got something to drive him forward. Yeah, definitely, he's uh, he has got that somewhat, mate. I think it's just his his hard work, his dedication to succeed. Like he he honestly won't stop until he's a manager of a Premier League club. No, yeah. no, he has got that drive, that focus, and his attention to detail is frightening, mate. We know exactly what uh, we need to do, and whoever we play, we know. Um, Everything from set pieces to their best player to their last their stats for the last ten games, but and what I like about him as well, he's got this system he wants to play. He plays with a diamond, four four two diamond, and he won't change it for love nor money. And people actually come to Kenilworth Road now and match us up in a diamond because because yeah. we. When we're on it, we pull teams apart that much. They literally just go man for man, and he loves it. He like he thrives off that. Like people come into Kenilworth Road, they say that he's like they are, they have to change their system. Like I mean, like top clubs are yeah. like, changing their system to come in and try and stop us. And, and all, do you know what? It. I was I was talking to someone about this real recently. Um, you know, formations and this and that. A diamond. It's one of those. It's one of those systems that managers see other clubs doing it and think, "Oh, we'll give that a go," yeah. but they don't really work on it. Now, if you come up against a diamond that has been worked on, Jesus Christ, that is a hard formation to come up against. Yeah. So for 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 Jonesy, for clubs to change their shape to doing exactly what you do, you're obviously going to do it better. Yeah, yeah. Because it's been it's yeah. been well rehearsed. That's what uh, he he knows that as well. So he that's that's one of his um, his main points. He's, he, he says they're coming here to, to match you up, but they don't work on it like I do. We, yeah. we do shape religiously, like we always work on our shape, patterns of play, uh, final third work, like everything's covered in the week. That's he's, he's got a good coaching staff behind him, he's got a good sports scientist, another good coach, um, a, a Spanish coach uh, that I think he uh, worked with when he went over to Spain. Okay. Um, 
he's got a good uh, he's got Mick Harford who's the, the, the scout he goes around watching games from like they're just they're just a good uh, good bunch and a great bunch of lads as well is he, is he still keeping fit oh yeah look, I think he goes for a run in the morning or does the bike in the morning before before we even get in um, so he's still, there's still nothing on him and, yeah. he's still, and he always says like, I wasn't the best player but I, I, was, I was fit as fuck and I could, I could cross the ball and uh, I spoke to one of my mates that played with him, Matt Harold. He was a striker, and he said the gaffer's trademark was the one where he'd shape it down the line, he'd just reverse it into the striker. He yeah. said he was brilliant at that, but everything else he was. Well, he must have been 38, 30. Yeah, I'm sure he was at the time. He was getting on a bit. Yeah, yeah. There was nobody. I think fit. he's in his forties now, so yeah. he was. There was nobody better than him. Yeah, like incredibly, so and he obviously took pride in that. He'd train. He wasn't playing that much because he was part of the coaching staff, yeah, yeah. and then he'd he'd more or less run a little marathon after training yeah, or something yeah. stupid. What he did, I remember once he was pre-season, not this year, last year, and he was roasting hot, mate. I mean, like boiling hot. And he just we were all finished training, we were going getting our cars, and he had his top off, the headphones in, woolly hat on, mate, and he was just charging around the training was ground, he? mate. And he was just thinking like this guy's a machine, but. To be fair to him, he, he practices what he preaches, he wants us to be fit, we, we work hard on our fitness, our gym work and, and he, he does it He does it with us. And he's He must be carrying, because I remember the bitterness, you know, I, I'm not shy, I'm not shy about saying, you know, my caps for Wales. Um, I've heard about Have you not? No, I've not no. told you. Well, I have, I've got seven of them. Seven. And I think there was a bitterness, he used to say, he was probably the only Welshman that's ever played professional football that hasn't got a cap for Wales. You know, that, that, That's that the first thing he said to me when I said about your podcast, how the fuck's he play for Wales? <laughs> you must have that, just that bitterness and that, that desire within him. Yeah. And that's what's carrying him through management. And he's played some big clubs, hasn't he, Brighton? Wasn't good enough for him, mate. No. You know, Sparky, Tosh, they didn't want to know. Yeah. You know? But he could, he could become a Wales manager one day. Maybe, mate. Maybe. I wouldn't, I'm not, honestly, I honestly wouldn't rule it out, mate, because... Um, there's been many uh, clubs been in for him since my time there. I've only been there nearly what 18 months and there's been three or four or five championship clubs been linked with him since my time there and, uh, he, but he loves it at Luton and I think he's settled there his family's down there um, he just loves the club and I think that they back him whatever they want so if he wants to play they back him really? uh, they trust him yeah and it proves him to put him maybe third in the league now we're behind Sun, uh, Portsmouth and Sunderland and Portsmouth and Sunderland and then Premier League clubs, you know. You're saying that that the club trusts him? The club trusts him, yeah, yeah. Does he trust you? This is, I'm not sure when this will go out, James, but this is Christmas party season. Can he he trust you? I think he can. The old James Collins, maybe not. Anything but 424, but I'm going to change man Jones here. Two kids now, mate. Don't get me wrong. I like Who do you think you're talking to, mate? I like a beer. Don't get me wrong. I do yeah. like a beer. But uh, it's not like we used to go, uh, was it the Inn, the Inn on the Mile? In, in oh, the good pub, the Inn on the Mile, yeah. On, uh, in Edinburgh, we used to go. Little Guinness few, there. A few good beers in there, didn't we? Yeah. But yeah, the Christmas party is not this weekend, the weekend after. Where are you off to? Dublin. Off to Dublin, yeah? Two days, yeah. Oh, fancy dress? Uh, the boys don't do like they used to. It's Christmas jumpers, mate. Mm. 
I must admit, I'm getting older now. I do, I did vote for those jumpers, but they didn't, didn't give us much, didn't give us much time. So you could done a month or two ago, then yeah, um, I'd been all for fancy dress. But when you give us two weeks' notice, see you just get yourself an eBay and get a Christmas jumper in it. I know you, you despise that because you absolutely love fancy dress. But you could tell the vibe of the squad. They didn't really want to. We've got quite a young squad, but saying that, a lot of the young lads voted for fancy dress. Fair play to them. But it's more the older ones that just sort of said, "No, we're." We're going to stick to the Christmas jumpers and just get full of Guinness. Breaks my heart, mate. Breaks yeah. my heart. I know, I know you won't be happy with that because, from experience, I think we had we had Christmas jumpers at uh, Hibs, didn't we? And yeah. I think you and Nels were the only ones that done fancy dress. Do I remember right? You had a, a onesie on with loads of baubles. Yeah, so it was a, it was a Christmas jumper yeah. slash onesie, wasn't it? But yeah. I just just thought I'd add my own little spin on it. Yeah, mm. I enjoyed it. It was a good party, wasn't it? Yeah, it weren't bad. You know, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? With this story, you know, that Christmas party, you know, think, listen, that's why I'm asking if you calm down. I don't know if you can talk about this, mate. Yeah, we can talk about that. You know, you got a little bit of Larry. Uh, I know you've got a bit of previous. I hope you have calmed down now. But you thought, you thought the one thing that no professional footballer should think. You thought you could one-up Rowan Vine and think that <laughs> there'd be no comeback. Didn't you? I actually forgot about this. I can't believe you brought it up, but nah. I I had many a drinks with Viney and uh, he just he just couldn't be him mate whether it was in a verbal or in a wrestling match he was strong as an ox but in a verbal and he would just go one step further and I'd learn that lesson so what did you do James? I went to, what I did was I thought it'd be funny to to uh, wee on Viney and uh did he come back with a just on his shoes on it so he pissed yeah. on his shoes yeah. just a little one just a little, a little dribble yeah, yeah. and there were suede shoes as well Yeah. and I just remember you charging around the place celebrating so like high fiving everyone because he'd done something to me the, before I'm sure he did I'm, I'm sure he two footed me down the corridor in, in the hotel or something so this so this is before we've even been out we had a few beers on the train and we're going to our room so I room with him and he was, he was down so from me to that light away and he's going you know what's coming don't you and I'm like no mate what are you doing and he starts charging at me and just two foots me in the corridor carpet burns everywhere so I'm thinking I'm going to get him back here and it, when he used to two foot people it was so aggressive yeah it was so aggressive mate like he wouldn't he wouldn't like hold back so I thought I'm going to get him back here so he got to the Sunday night and uh, I thought I'd have a little dribble on his shoes and he uh, God, you enjoyed it didn't you yeah, you know, I like celebration it. I come over to you Hef and and now it's the nice thing, I've got him back, I've got I've him got back. him, that's what yeah. you said, I've got him, I've won. That's what you you were more or less thinking, but it wasn't over, was it? No. Because it was Rowan Vine, and yeah. Viney wasn't going to have that. He wasn't going to have that. But he, he left it, what, 10, 15 minutes? It was longer. Yeah, maybe, maybe. He, he, played, he longed it out. Pretty much left it, a, let's just call it an hour, and I saw him slope away. He went to the toilet upstairs, and yeah. I saw him coming down the stairs, and there was, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't moving smoothly. He was obviously worried about something. He was carrying something. And then as he walked past me, he said, watch this big man. They were the final words that I heard from Rowan Vine as he approached you. And he threw poo. Well, he didn't throw Did poo. He not throw it. He'd obviously been to the toilet and in his words, created the perfect nugget. <laughs> so just a tiny little nugget. And then he was carrying it in tissue. And then he came to you and just swiped, swiped from your ear to the corner yeah. of your mouth. No, it was, <laughs> in my defence, it wasn't my mouth because I'd have been sick. He wiped it from my ear just on the back of my neck. And I was thinking, 
What's that? Just had a little skid mark yeah. on your face, didn't you? Looked at you and you were all laughing and I just charged up the stairs and I got that much soap and water and you were scrubbing my face. Ah, oh, finey. You dealt with it so well, though, yeah. because I'm thinking, for a lot of people, to have shit rubbed on your face, that's that's fighting talk. But you came out of the toilet, you were happy, you were saying, hey, hey congrats, Viney. Yeah. And all I remember was his perfect little nugget was on the floor. Yeah. And then I had to get like a wine glass and just put it over, as yeah. if it was like a spider. He didn't, he didn't even take it to the toilet, did he? He literally just dropped it on the floor. Yeah. I was young, naive, thought I could take him on. And he was old experience. <laughs> he come across bigger and better than me. And... Uh, Fair play to me, one. But yeah, but when you say take it well, like that, that sort of banter, like it's it, when you've had a drink and that is when I was younger and it, it, I didn't really, it, it didn't bother me. I'd never, never fight him over it. It was just one of them things. But um, yeah, that was. You've obviously you've obviously put it to the back of your mind. Maybe you've had therapy. That's the sort. That's the sort of thing you want to forget about. Maybe you've had therapy. Yeah, possibly. And I've just reminded you. Yeah, I'm glad I've done this podcast. Today, <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, mate. Hey, you need to get. I hope, Vi- hope, hope, hope Viney's listening to this. You should get Viney on here. Vi- hey, Viney's on the list. I haven't contacted him yet, yeah. but he's on the list. Uh, yeah, I wait, just I you, you follow him on, on Instagram. No, uh, yeah, I don't. Are you not on a social media guy? No. He's just loving life at the moment. Yeah, you know, I spoke to him a couple of times. Though. He rings me every now and again when he wants some. Does he? Yeah, he tells me that he's manager of this non-league club, that non-league. Club. Oh really? Yeah, he's yeah, doing yeah. a bit of management. I think. Yeah, he was player management, and then he, the next time I speak to him, I know they've come to blows and it's not working and whatever. But I, I love Viney. Like a lot of people didn't like him in Scotland because he was opinionated, wasn't he? But yeah, I uh, I sort of talked to him a little bit. He took me under his wing. Know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, yeah. but. He wasn't yeah. a quiet taste. No, you, he, you he wasn't see a that. quiet taste. You, you, you liked him, didn't you? Yeah, you liked I liked Viney. We used to go for coffee. Um, we had a little coffee club, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And it was always story time with Rowan Vine. Yeah. But, you know, normally someone goes to a coffee shop and, you know, your language, you, you try and behave yourself a little bit more, don't you? Because you're thinking there's, there's people around here. Kids about and people reading books. He used to go the other way. He used to get louder, louder more louder. swearing. We used to just sink in our chairs. It got to a point where people around actually looked like they were involved in our conversation because it was just all eyes on Viney, mate. And I'd rather that than Nels because remember we used to go for a coffee with Nels? Jesus. Nap time. Nels. Nah. Mate, you should take four hours to explain a story. Oh my God, Nels. What the God. most long-winded. Michael Nelson, the most long-winded stories you've ever heard. If I did a podcast on Nels, I'm going to have to take... Maybe six sets of batteries. You'd be there for a while, mate. Is he on the list? Obi's not on the list. <laughs> but nah, Mike. Mike was top man. He was. Uh, I come across him down in England after, after, uh, after Hibs, and he, mate, he's still playing now, mate. Fit as a fiddle. Is he thirty nine now? He's looking after himself. Yeah, he looks he? after himself well, and he's he's done his badges and that. So he's. Uh, but no, nah, we. Like I said we had a good group, mate. Really good group, and um, like even Tom Taylor. I've seen him uh, in the summer in Portugal, and. Like you got on really well with him, and you know, like we had a good group. Meet yourself. It's just, but it's just a shame what happened. But yeah, Viney, he was. Uh, That's going to be an X-rated podcast, I think, isn't it? Yeah. No holds bad. You know, there's going to have to be a couple of warnings yeah, out. You have to have an 18, 18, sign, 18 I think you. Eight red sign. 18 you're not far wrong there. Yeah. Anything could come out from Viney's yeah. mouth. But what a character! Yeah, what, like a really good character. Um, and 
I don't think a lot of the Scottish lads liked him, did they? Because he was English and he, he voiced his opinion and he thought he was the best, didn't he? No matter what, whether he was playing or not, he thought he was the best. And I think maybe that strong-mindedness it gave him the career that he had because you can't knock him. Because he actually start, he started at Luton. I yeah, started yeah, at Luton. I remember. Yeah, yeah. And he's a fan's favourite at Luton. And, Is he? Uh, yeah. And he, got, he went for some big money um, for his career to Birmingham and QPR and... Um, you can't knock him for that. So fair play. Obviously, um, going back to Hibs, Pat Pat left. Big Butch comes in. You gotta be careful here because Butch Butch is on the list. Is he? I'll be getting Butch on the podcast one yeah, day. Yeah. But just you know, I'd seen him working at Inverness where his style of management worked, yeah. and he found just a way of getting a successful team in that league. You know, with much smaller budget than at Hibs. He came to he came to Hibs and it just didn't work out, mate. Do you know what? I actually didn't mind the Terry Butcher as much as a lot of the lads. I because when he first come in, he stuck with me and he was playing me. And I actually, the first few months, I thought I was doing okay. And he'd pull me in his little room and it's like you keep doing what you're doing, keep working hard. And um, so what? I always minimal always try working hard for him. And I didn't mind Mo. The style was a bit old school, weren't it? Like. Like the press ups, if you give the ball away in the yeah. circle, you do press ups. If you lose, you do press ups, and this, that, and the other. But I actually didn't mind him, but I think, yeah, for whatever reason, he just didn't. I think he he dismissed the like the, the wrong players, the big characters, didn't he? he like, dismissed like Tomo, James McPake, um, uh, Viney, like, sort of just like didn't probably, even involve him, did he? And probably at the wrong time, like, yeah, where he thought we were safe. And that he could plan for next season, yeah. and obviously we weren't safe. So he decided, would it have been January, maybe just before January, yeah. because he's thinking if I can get these away. But he's ended up being critical of them in the newspapers, yeah. and then ended up not being able to get rid of them in January. So all of a sudden you're yeah. stuck with them, and you need them. Yeah. And they didn't want to play from then in the end, did they? They didn't want to play and from. Hence the reason at the end of the season, uh, I think Fumer went. To the papers or, or on TV or whatever, saying that they've been fit the whole season and and it sort of got a bit sour, didn't it? But he brought his own players and in January. He brought uh, Duncan Watmore in. He brought uh, the lad from Charlton. and I can't remember his name. From Charlton, the striker. Yeah, I know you're. Yeah, you know, what I mean, I forget his name. Yeah, he brought a few. He, anyway, brought what about Big Boateng. Big Boateng, yeah. And then he just smash everyone in training. And it was a terminology then. You've been Boateng. Yeah, <laughs> he used to demolish anything and anyone in his way mate he was a strong boy as well and he was only a young kid wasn't he yeah at the time yeah um, yeah you've been boatanged that was uh, them old legs uh, got boatanged a few times didn't they? <laughs> do, do you know what? he absolutely smashed me I can't remember we were training somewhere and the noise he actually came off worse unbelievably the first time in my career but the noise people who hadn't actually seen it probably the goalkeepers are working in a different corner all you see is everyone turning around thinking oh who's been boatanged because <laughs> that's a that's a heavy clash mate Jesus what a strong boy he was a strong boy and you're you're quite heavy in yourself but yeah, yeah I, you know Butch just decided I want to plan ahead yeah. I want to look ahead did it too early and it, it was the definition of losing the dressing room yeah. wasn't it and then Definitely. what we found ourselves you can hear that the way that we talk about some of the teammates it was a group of good lads but because of the negativity I've also never been in the dressing room with as much negativity yeah. as much backstabbing and you know slagging off whether it's team selection or how's this guy playing and I'm not or you're not yeah, and it just 
it creates such a poisonous environment. And that's the last thing you want, especially when you're trying to fight for relegation. You need to all be together. You need to all be on the right, uh, same page, fighting for each other. But it just wasn't any of that, was it, mate? Like, it was as if, as if the lads wanted, didn't want to succeed because of Butcher and, and, and Mo. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it felt like, wasn't it? Yeah. But um, even myself, I, I didn't play the last ten games. I don't think and didn't think come on or, or whatever but oh, that was fine that was fine but I still wanted the still want the lads to stay up still want the lads to do well but I just think um, it was the definition of leaving the dressing room and I think he did dismiss the wrong players at, at, at the wrong time because for, for whatever reason do you remember the time in the changing room where he said to Tomo um, I think Tomo got a call up for the Scotland squad yeah with uh, Gordon Strachan and uh, Terry said to him, in the, he's like, oh, well, anyone can get a call up for Scotland, can't they? And uh, he was Tom, trying. He was yeah, trying, trying to make a joke. Trying to have a laugh, and mm. I think Tomo took it a bit. Like so, even then, the gaffer's trying to have a joke, and and because of the previous Tomo, he weren't happy with it, and he was like, well, what do you mean by that? So you could tell there was friction between yeah. um, the players and stuff. But like you say, it just but saying that he went. Um, Terry Butcher went to Newport then after that and didn't, didn't do very well there did yeah. he I don't know if I don't know if it was uh, oh, Inverness he done great because we played Inverness before he come to Hibs yeah. didn't we and yeah. he battered us battered us 3-0 and we think oh my god these are unbelievable for him to create that team for him to create that team from play, not big name players at all so it, it, does, it, it does fit when you can do it but but, that, but that's probably why he tried to get rid of so many senior players in that the Inverness squad. There was a, there was a few senior players there, but it was shaped over a couple of years. A lot of young players that, yeah. that he could get to to do what he wanted them to do, yeah. and he felt at Hibs. There's too many senior players who maybe Definitely. legs have gone. Need to get rid of these so I can bring these players yeah. in. Because he brought like Boozy through, didn't he? And yeah. players like that. And St- uh, Sam, Sam Stanton. Stanton yeah. like, he played. He played every week, weren't he? So yeah. so you're right. Give him more new deals. Jordan For- Forster. As Danny well. Handling played. Danny Handlin, yeah. So they all played. So. He, Dead right, but when when you when you're fighting to stay up for people's livelihoods and you're bringing kids into play that are 18, 19 you've almost got to use those senior players just yeah. for a few months, just of for course. for the time you need them, yeah. and then you can get rid of them. Yeah, get safe, get safe, and then and then and then and then play on. But I don't know. You can't say he's not. That was like down to lack of experience because he's so experienced as a yeah. player and a manager. So I just think it was pride, maybe. Yeah, yeah a bit of pride. Right. It's a wild one for you. Um, Colo, like as a striker, I remember when he came in, and I think you tell me, but at Swindon it was you and Adam Rooney. Yeah, you, you were both there as strikers, so yeah. I don't know if you were scoring more than him or whatever, yeah. but you know, two strikers because I think he was linked with coming to Hibs as well. But he did he go to Aberdeen? Yeah, I think I think he was only on loan from Birmingham, he was on loan uh, to us from Birmingham, and I think. He had um, a bit of dispute because I think there was something going on. He was supposed to sign for Swindon in January permanently, but the new owners took over, so he was still contracted to Birmingham, and uh, there was a dispute going on there for a, quite a while. So I think he stayed at Birmingham, and then once his contract ended, he went he went to Aberdeen. Then yeah. So what what I mean is, you two strikers, similar level. You know, you're scoring more than him. Maybe at Aberdeen, you're playing ahead of him. Uh, sorry, at Swindon. Yeah. You come to Hibs, he goes to Aberdeen. And he has a good time. He's banging in the goals. Yeah, yeah. Same league. It's just sometimes football is timing, 
does your face fit at this one particular club at a particular time? Yeah, and that, probably for a goal scorer, is magnified more than anything. For a goal scorer, you need to, the team, let's be honest, you, as a goal scorer, you need your team to be creating chances. You need, uh, you need teams to be playing with confidence. So you need, you, and you need to be, you need to be confident, and you need to be doing well. So Aberdeen were doing that at the time; they were finishing second, third in the league, weren't they? And they had good players, and they had a good, good, good squad then as well, didn't they? Yeah. And he was flying, and he obviously started while he was taking penalties, he was doing this, he was doing that, but it was just the complete opposite for us. And I can, I can buy a goal at, at, at some stages, but um, but then when we played him, he was never, he was never. Uh, like stood out or whatever, yeah. but I played. I actually played. Remember Scott Vernon, who was at Aberdeen as yeah. well. He, mate, he exactly the same. Roles reverse. So he used to bang goals in for uh, Aberdeen. He was brilliant. Like him and Adam Rooney. Then I actually come down to Shrewsbury. Then when I left to go back to Shrewsbury, he come and signed the same season, and uh, he, he struggled to score goals in England. Great lad, top top man. But then he would score loads of goals in Scotland, but then struggled to do it in England. Yeah. And then I was sort of like, I've managed to do it in England, like score goals in England, but not up there. So like you say, it's a bit of luck, where your face fits and, and uh, I think that's... So how do you deal with that then as a, as a centre forward? You, you know, in terms of, is it a case of going home and moping about it? You, you know, don't, I don't want to hear the usual cliches and positive thinking because it must affect you when you're in that in that patch where you can't score yeah it does but um, I remember I went through it towards the end of last season uh, and the start of this season it wasn't uh, going I wasn't scoring like I didn't hit I didn't score for like the first five games this season and the gaffer still kept faith in me um, he still kept playing but I was my overall play was was okay I think <coughs> I think if you bring in if you're actually bringing something to the table for the team um as well as not scoring goals, I think you, you have to get away with it. So I was doing okay for the team, and they, they kept going. Obviously, the old cliche. But if you do keep working hard, then it, it will it will eventually happen. And then once I got my first one, and then I've carried on, carried on since. There's been more shenanigans, <coughs> Colo, since I last saw you. So we've got the shenanigans of night out and getting some some of Rowan Vine on your face. Yeah. Shall we? Shall we say? But a bit of trouble. In the last couple of years, where I saw you, even though we hadn't, hadn't spoke around that period, I saw your face, mate. Your face popped up in a couple of places where you wouldn't want it to pop up, or for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Is that just old Bam Bam, heavy-handed James Collins on a night out, getting excited? You can tell the story, mate. Do you know what I'm referring to? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's not something that you're really going to want to talk no, about that much, to be honest, mate. It's, <coughs> it's some I regret, obviously. It's not something I'm proud of. For being on the front page of the Sun for for the wrong reasons is never something that you're proud of. Um, it was stupid, really, mate. Um, do, you want, do you want the whole story? Yeah, go on, go on, crack on. It's a, the gist of it, he did get blown up to be a lot worse than what he looked. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying what I'd done was, was right at all, but um, overcrowded box at, at Cheltenham. Um, the stewards wouldn't let us go to the toilet because you had to go out the the uh, area to go to the toilet and you said you ain't get back in Yeah, we're on a ground floor box we're literally so what's that a metre high the rest of it's grass down here so we're on a ground floor box Yeah. Um, obviously as you do going for a, a wee round the bush you end up doing it cool. 
poured it over the uh, onto the grass. So pissed in the pint glass. Pissed in the pint glass because everyone's desperate to go to the toilet. It's, 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 the box is overcrowded by about 50 people, so they weren't happy about that. Wrong place, wrong time. Um, have some high-profile uh, footballers in the box at the time, so obviously they must be trying to um, get glimpses of them and some celebrities and, and uh, just got caught doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. But what I would say is it got blown up to look like I was throwing it over a balcony onto yeah, people, yeah. but that wasn't the case. Well, that's, the, that's, the, story that's the story that I, yeah, it's not, that's that I not thought the case. it was. It's not the case at all. It was a ground floor box. Um, he was onto grass. He was, to be honest, man, I was a bit stupid because there was a little stairway in the bush around the corner. I probably could have went there, but you know, as you've had a few drinks with the lads, you think it's funny and and you do it. And uh, it's, it's, it's something I regret to this day because I sort of like I let a lot of people down, and it's sort of like um, sort of like give me a bad name in football um, for a few years after that. I've sort of had to play my way out of that. Um, so go on then, explain that then, because as I said, I'm coming in here now, my my thought on the story is what would have gone out in the media, it's not yeah. as if we've spoke about it and you've given your side of the story, so you explain that but then it's portrayed as if you've thrown thrown yeah. piss over people yeah. below you. It's quite, it's quite, yeah. When was the first time that you realised that, was it when you opened up the newspaper? No, it? it's uh, a funny story. Um, obviously not funny but we so this was in the day uh, and then uh, we end up going on to another place after it's like eight nine o'clock at night and uh, another footballer comes up to me and, uh, <coughs> and says uh, look at this the thing you've, you've killed me I said what, what do you mean you went well I told my missus I wasn't at, uh, at the races today and I'm in the background of this picture so yeah. he's just in the background like, and, and she's saying why you're there and I'm thinking and I'm, I was just having a laugh and I was like I had a second look at it and I thought well Where's that? He went, oh, it's on the Daily Mail. My heart just dropped, man. Did it? It's me weeing in a pint glass. Feel, feel, the, feel, my feel the blood running out of yeah. your face. Yeah, oh, mate. So, and then I, at that point, I picked up my phone. I had like three missed calls off um, uh, my missus. I had two missed calls off Alan Neil, the I was at Northampton at the time on loan. Uh, two missed calls off him, and then as I was picked my phone up, there was a number, just like a number ringing me. Like I didn't have to save my phone. And then so I ran outside and answered, and it was the Northampton chairman. And he uh, said, have you seen the thing? And I said, I've just seen it now, like, I'm shitting myself. And he was like, do you want to explain what happened? So I told him the story, and he said, listen, <coughs> just whatever you do, just, just whatever you do now, just go home. Uh, just get get yourself home. So well, I'm in a hotel here tonight. And he's like, just go, just get yourself. Don't speak to anyone. Then my missus rings me and I'm explaining it to her and she's like, just go home. But it didn't register me. Like that's how stupid I was. I was younger. Like, I was I was that pissed. I was like, nah, it'd be all right. And then a like, couple of like half an hour later, it hit me and I and my agent was out of town. I said to my agent, I said, I think I'm in a bit of trouble. My head's gone here. Like and he was like, listen, I'll come back with you. So we went and. Uh, we went and had bite sweet and went back to the hotel and he, he looked after me to be fair and and was it a waiting game then for the, the waiting game the next then day? yeah well literally I couldn't sleep all that night the anxiety and the fear mate you know really? the, the beer fear in the morning oh the anxiety was real so I got up at like six in the morning my train weren't till like twelve got up at six and as I was walking out the hotel uh, Chris Wilder the manager at Northampton rings me yeah and to be fair mate he was good as gold he was he backed me to the hills he uh he was good as he was brilliant he uh he said listen don't worry about it we've all made mistakes x y z and 
And to be fair, he, he stuck to his word because I went in the next day, apologised to him, and said, listen, off the record, like, I want to apologise. And he said, listen, um, just, just focus on Saturday. And he played me on the Saturday and I, and I scored. Really? Yeah, I scored on the Saturday. So I wasn't forgotten about because I had like... So when I got home on the Wednesday, um, I just had my little boy then. He was only, what, five, six months old, my missus. And, and there was people, like reporters waiting outside my house. And I'm a, I was a League Two player. Like, it don't happen, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's reporters waiting outside my house. People turned up at my, my missus' mum and dad's house in Coventry, saying, asking if I live there. Um, so it, it was a big story, you know, because people want to jump on footballers, don't they, when yeah. they do things wrong. Um, but moral story, I'm not proud of what I've done. It was, it was stupid, but it was nowhere near as bad as what the papers portrayed it to be. But the truth is, like, I've, I've been in situations <coughs> where you're desperate, and it might be that you're pissing a bottle yeah. or something yeah, like that. You know, it, mate. It's not as if I. It wasn't the first time I'd done it, and it's not been the last time I, I, I've done it. Like weed in a bush when I needed it, we snip down an alley. I needed it, just like that. But it's just wrong place, wrong time, uh, wrong event. And don't get me wrong. I pay my consequences. You know, I, I uh, got got my fines. Got a couple of weeks' wages fine, and I went, like I said, I've had to build my career back up to <coughs> sort of like clear my name a little bit. And I think since then, since since then, I've I've done it. I've been in the papers for the, for the right reasons. So how old are you now, mate? 28 last week, I was. 28 last yeah, week? 28 last That'd week. Yeah. You're looking so better than I was at 28, mate. Getting on, mate. Um, but yeah, and it, like you say, I'm enjoying my football. Probably the most I've enjoyed my football um, for a while. Yeah. Um, really enjoying it. Love going into training every day, mate. And always out to when you're winning, doesn't it? And we're, we're flying at the minute. So want to try and make it the <coughs> fifth promotion of the... Oh of the of the uh, career mate but nice but yeah uh, really really enjoying it any plans for the future for after playing or are you not quite uh, got to that yeah so I did my level 2 uh, coaching course um, during the season I've just passed that so I'm going to I'm just applied for my B licence uh, this summer um, the only thing that might get in the way of that might be forget the playoffs or whatever but that's the plan to do it in uh, in the summer and then uh, and then try and get on the ladder I'm not, I'm not saying I want to be a coach I don't actually know if I want to do it um, but I'm going to have it there just in case um, later on later on in, in life I, uh, I do want to do it Cheltenham in March with Rowan Vine I'm bad fully I'm bad for life but no, to be fair they, are, you, are you really yeah um, so I got a letter uh, an email a couple of weeks after saying like you're, you're barred from every race course in, uh, in Britain everyone yeah for, for life but you can appeal it after two years right um, but I haven't bothered to keep myself out of trouble <laughs> not, not gonna, uh, just let that one slide good man yeah. well Colo it was an absolute pleasure catching up mate no, pleasure being it's on a, mate. it's a shame that the year the year that we played together what, well didn't have any success really you know no but, we didn't mate but like you said, we had, we had some good times up there, didn't we? Yeah. We had uh, a few poker nights. and We did have a few poker yeah. nights. I'm struggling to find um, friends that will play poker with me now. Went to see the treble a couple of times, didn't we? Went to see what? The treble a couple of times. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yeah. Beautiful times, mate. Good times. Well, well I would say well done and thank you for choosing such a wonderfully quiet spot. That, that hasn't been the case, It could mate. be the noisiest podcast you've had. This could be the noisiest, so I apologise if that is the case, but uh, we'll see how it pans out. Nah, top man, thanks for having me, mate. All the best, mate, and get to work on the gaffer so we can get Oh, Nathan mate, you're Jones. in, mate. I'll tell him tomorrow that he needs to get on, mate. Top man. Top man. Nice one, Carl. Cheers, man.
there we go. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the first episode of the Longman's Football World of 2019. If you did, please leave a review, subscribe, leave a rating. More importantly, tell a friend. Spread the word. Spread the good word about this podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Tune in next week. We've got another cracker for you. A Norwich City legend. Till next time, goodbye.